Yo, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 84. Hi, Karen. Adam is leaving the building. He's walking away. This is the most awkward introduction to the podcast yet. <laughs> You're doing great, Karen. Uh, and he's returning with a spoon for great. his coffee. Okay, episode 84. Uh, <laughs> why is everyone heel hooking me? Adam, why are you getting heel hooked so much? I, I think I know why you're being healed. I, so I can tell you why I'm getting healed. First of all, massive fuck off heels, mate. That's pretty much my problem. They're the size of a house. <laughs> your heels are more than half of your foot. Not as big as the milk that had separated in my coffee. Oh, that's a, that's a larger <laughs> that's, separation. That's why I, 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 I left to get a spoon. I there took a sip go. and I was like, curds. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's well, like uh, with oat milk, so it's separated like crazy. Yeah, Adam's fancy like that. He uh, requests only the finest of the oat milks. Organic. Bro, oat milk. Mm. It's less than desirable. But less than desirable. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> no, oat, milk, oat, oat milk's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Right as we were starting the episode, I took a sip and I was like, "Yuck! <laughs> I need a spoon." <laughs> yeah. Why is everyone heel hooking me, Kieran? Help, call Jesus. Okay. First step we need to do is address these fucking heels of yours. Let's go to a doctor. Step shave one. them down. <laughs> step one: learn what a heel hook is. Step two: step three: profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, heel hooks. So, yeah, I mean, at, at our gym specifically, this has been a bit of a focus in Nogi uh, the last, like, I'd say 12 months, been leaning into it a little bit more, um, you know, really getting getting into the nuts and bolts of, of leg entanglements, heel hooks, obviously the primary attack in the, in the leg entanglement game. So it's been good to, you know, be introduced to heel hooks. There's a couple of people in the gym that have a little bit more experience with it, we'll say a bit more reps under the belt, in the heel hook game. So drilling and training with them a bit different to someone that, you know, knows the basics. And uh, yes, what I'm trying to say is it depends on who I'm rolling with. Depends on how often I bloody get heel hooked. As a whole, give me a number of times five and 10 between five (laughs) and 10. How many times I've been heel hooked? No, like, I mean, yeah. Like, is it something that you feel? No, just as a whole, does it happen a lot? Mm, I wouldn't say a lot. It's only, there's a couple of people, a few people I'd say that uh, give me trouble with heel hooks. Anthony is one, you're another. And I'd say- But Aaron, you're quite hard to heel hook because your feet are so flat. Yeah, my, there's fleet, no, there's my no, feet are flat. There's no arch in your foot. Yeah. You can't like- It's hard but, to dig. <laughs> you know, it's like when you look at people and you go, there's no neck. It's just yeah. head then shoulders. Yours also is like, yours, yours is just like heel, ball of the foot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, so you can't, you can't get a bite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Anthony's got a bit more experience with them. Yeah, definitely. But then again, as I've been doing a lot more leg entanglements, I've been getting a lot more experience in defending. And yeah. so my defense is sort of catching up to Anthony's attack. Now I just need to get my attack caught up to his and then we can, then we can play. So then you can be like, clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. <laughs> it's fucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's definitely uh, can be overwhelming in the beginning, but I don't think it's I'll, – I'll, I'll give you what we do at our gym, what the rules are. So our general rule, because you've got to put – like any rule, it can be bent or there can be an exceptions to the rule. Uh, but the line that we put in the sand is that blue belts and up can do whatever. Obviously, we 
cater to the rules. So I don't mean whatever, as in if we're in the gi, we don't do heel hooks until there's a competition that, you know, it kind of leans that way. There's no evidence yet that it's changing anytime soon. There's no current competitions or scene that Mm. has heel hooks in the gi. So it's just not part of that portion of the sport. But no gi, we go blue belts and up can do heel hooks. We just try to restrict it to white belts because they don't, they usually haven't trained long enough. Like if they've trained long enough to understand heel hooks and how to do them safely and how not to roll the wrong way and rip apart their own leg, they're probably a blue belt, right? So typically blue belts and up in rolls, you can do them. Oh, but in competitions, they're only for brown and black belts. Yeah, cool. We're not out of competition. Know, you know what else we do in jujitsu that you're not allowed to do in competitions? Self-defense, where someone tries to punch you. Yep. You know, oh, but you know, blah, 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 we don't do that in competition. Yeah, well, fuck self-defense. Or a better example is a lot of these competitions, like grappling industries, have different rule sets where you modified don't ha- rules. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be a brown and black belt. You know, or like knee bars are allowed, but heel hooks aren't. But toe holds are allowed, and then you yeah, know, they they bend the rules, low, or make their own rules. What if? All of a sudden they change the rules and IBJJF goes, oh, now purple belts can do heel hooks and you're a purple belt who hasn't been doing them because, oh, it's only brown brown. and black belt, you know. So, so yeah, that's our general rule. But how do you, how do you get to the point where, you know, where you can start practicing them safely and, and feel pretty good about them and, you know, address why, I mean, I'll give you some key points, some basic beginner key points to stop getting heel hooked. I mean, I'm not going to try audibly describe, you know, heel hook escapes and counters and things like that. A, because I'm just not very good. And B, I'm really not very good. So (laughs) I just want to keep it very basic as to some key sort of things you can try implement to not get heel hooked. But firstly, yeah, how do we get to the point where we can start implementing them into our roles? And I think – probably the most important factor is that you need to have a training partner or multiple training partners, ideally that you trust and that you have an understanding with. Right. And what I mean by that is, for example, let's say big Eric, big fucking Eric that everyone hates in our gym. He's very tall, massive heels as well. Right. So I'll be rolling with Eric and, you know, I'll be attacking his heels and stuff. And Eric's just starting to explore that part of his jujitsu. And he knows that I'm going to look after him. And for example, this was quite a while ago, but I essentially had him in a heel hook and he rolled the right, the wrong way quite aggressively and quickly, not aggressively as in like, (laughs) like, I mean, like quite explosively, I should say, he rolled the wrong way. And if I didn't let go of the heel hook- His MCO would have let go of his knee. (laughs) Pretty much, right? He would have, you know, a good chance he would have done some serious damage. So I let go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I was like, Eric, man, you got to be careful when you're there. Like, you know, really in a comp, I wouldn't have let go. Like I had you dead to rights and you rolled kind of like when someone turns the wrong way to get out of a triangle. It's like, man, you Thanks, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, you, you just made it tighter and I let it go. Cause I didn't want you to rip your knee apart, but realistically yeah, I would have just yeah. held on and been like, okay, you just did that to yourself, you know, but 
So when you're new to it, you're going to make mistakes and it helps to have someone, I guess, in that very initial stage, it helps to have someone who's more advanced than you who'll look after you, kind of take you under their wing a little bit. Because if it's a blue belt and a blue belt, even though you might trust each other, one blue belt might not know that, man, you know, you should have let go there. Not not because you had to let go, like as in- For the safety of your partner. Yeah, for the safety of your partner. Like from a rule point of view, yeah. you did nothing wrong. You know, he's the one that made the mistake by yeah. rolling that way, but you should have let go so he didn't rip his knee apart. And then you explain to him, man, you shouldn't have done that because I only let go to save you. Yeah. So in the initial phase, it definitely helps to have- a more advanced training partner and they may be a blue belt as well. Let's say Anthony, for example, you know, he's a blue belt, but you know, does a lot of that leg stuff. So he's going to be a bit more switched on than the average blue belt. Mm. Right. So having that, that training partner helps a lot. Joey's another example for myself, Joey and I train a lot together. Joey's a black belt. Yeah. Both black belts look after each other a lot to the point that, you know, we we can without each other walk that line of um, being in it. Like we've now gotten to the point where I can Joey can have me in a heel hook, and I can be trying to slip my heel and escape it and defend it. And he's not just going to rip it on, you know. And he's also not just going to let me escape. Like we can walk that line of man. Like I'm mm. in the submission, and yeah, it's on, and it's hurting a little bit, but I'm not doing damage yet. And you know, and if I slip my heel, like I'll, I'll legitimately slip my heel, like you know. But so it's not catch and release anymore. Yeah. So that was my next point. Like you know, but how do you get to that point? One of the first points that you're that you're given, the first tools that you're given to start playing with heel hooks as a submission is exactly that, essentially catch and release. You, you're told, okay, guys, you roll, you can do heel hooks, but essentially if you dig the heel and get your gable grip and catch the heel, that's the submission. You know, like you don't have to get a tap. You don't have to crank it. If you can just dig the heel and catch it, you know, that's it. Essentially like saying, you know, oh, you don't have to finish the triangle. If you can just throw it up and, you know, close your legs and you've got them in, the one arm in, one arm out, that's the submission. and you know, that, that's obviously a very great tool to learn the position without, you know, and, and build up to being able to actually apply it and defend it and, mm-hmm. you know, and the same as, but yeah, it takes time to get there. We're talking about Joey again, you know, uh, he also knows that, that I'm not going to roll the wrong way or he also knows that I'm not going to let him, like even when I'm defending it, trying to slip my heel. Yeah, he's not cranking it, but he also knows that he can apply some pressure because he knows I'm not going to let my my MCL or, or ACL go. You, I, he's going to respect will, that you will tap. Exactly. But that's taken yep. you know a lot of mat time together to get to that point. So as a black belt, if I'm rolling with someone who I haven't rolled with as much, I'll always err on the side of safety and, you know, let, let things go and, t- and, you know, myself tap early because I don't know if they're going to just crank it or whatever. But I'm coming from a, a position of more experience. Definitely. For the beginners there who are starting to play with that game and getting heel hooked a lot, you definitely want a partner who you trust and can work with because then it really allows you to start 
I don't know, man, to, to start playing the game, you know, and not – it's it's like any position that has its, its vulnerabilities, you know. Uh, I don't know, maybe you're trying to get better at, at takedowns but you're worried about, you know, slamming your head into the mat and having a partner who you, you trust and know that they're not going to spike you or something. I don't know. It's not the best example but, you know, it allows you to start – getting time in the position because so often I see people there and the reason they're getting heel hooked is because they haven't created an immersive environment to be able to play leg entanglements. So anytime they're in that position, they pretty much, they might not spaz out, but they pretty much mentally are spazzing out going, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I don't know what's going on. And their heels just exposed everywhere. And, you know, they roll the wrong way and they heel hook themselves or, yeah, they give the heel and the second you dig it, they tap or, yeah, or do something stupid and you let go because you don't want to hurt them. And But if you can create a safe, immersive environment because, you, you know, you're starting with catch and release or you've got, you know, probably more importantly, someone who you trust a lot and you can work with them, yeah, you then get to play there and it's that same sort of, oh, it's just time on the mat. It's like, okay, well, it's just time in leg entanglements, you know. So that's, you need to create that environment. I honestly believe that. It's kind of like, yeah, specific training, but you do need to understand and respect the dangers of, of heel hooks and the submissions. And if you can create an immersive, safe leg entanglement environment, that'll, that'll be your best friend to get to a point where you don't get heel hooked. Definitely. Whenever I'm training leg entanglements with someone I know doesn't spend a lot of time in these positions, like I know that they don't, they're not really savvy with the position or, or whatever. I still catch and release. I, I don't apply a heel hook to someone. I don't, it, it's sort of putting it back on them. It's kind of like, I don't trust them to, to yeah, not, exactly. you know, to, you know, cause I don't want to break their freaking their ligaments and tear, tear their knee apart. So if I get someone in a, in a heel hook, I won't even put pressure. I'll just catch it, look at them and say, I got your heel. Like, yeah. check this out. <laughs> like, yeah. I got that tickle, tickle, yeah, tickle, tickle. It's like, yeah. are you sure you, you good? You happy? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. if they keep fighting, I'm just like, no, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It I mean, in training, it's, it's typically not worth it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like your point where you've created, like it really requires you to have a partner that, that understands the position, you know, not, not necessarily as well as you, but understands the position and you trust each other, you know? So it's, it's really good. And, and this is something that Anthony talks about a lot because he was, he was looking into this before, like the, the gym really started to, to push in that direction. So he was in a position where he was trying to do leg entanglements with, you know, other blue belts, but it was difficult because he, there was a clear lack of understanding and he was running to the position where it was, everything was just catch and release. Cause as soon as someone got their heel caught, they tapped instantly. They didn't know how to fight it or he didn't trust them to, to not turn the wrong way or, or whatever. But now that there's a few of us now that have, you know, we're, we're slowly catching up or getting to a, a good state. We can then play the leg entanglement game and, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's a lot better. So I am getting heel hooked a lot less from Anthony because now I am fighting it a little bit more. He is trying to apply it a little bit more. I am slipping my heel more consistently or like clearing my knee line and, Maybe even get a couple on him. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that it, it, like 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 you said, if you Anthony was in that position where <laughs> it's funny the way you put it that it was catch and release by default because mm -hmm. people he was catching it, but people didn't know what was going on, so they, so, tap, so yep. they would tap without yep. it without it being anything. Mm. And so I have a few people, and I this one 
yeah, a few people, I'm not going to mention any names, but they're really struggling to get to that point. And so I'm Pass, actually- catch and release? Well, just think? as like any sort of immersive leg entanglement environment. Right, right. And so I'm kind of taking them and working with them one-on-one and saying, man, like I've got you as in, as in I'm not going to rip anything. Like you don't have to worry. I'm not afraid of tapping you know, I'm not going to put myself in a position where hopefully I'm not going to put myself in a position where you do something silly and hurt me. Mm-hmm. If you catch me, I'll tap, you know, it's all good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rip anything I catch. If I catch you and you do something silly, I'm going to let go. So you don't get hurt. Like you can start playing with me, you know, I'm like you're a trapeze artist and I'm your safety net, bro. Like you're, you're strapped in, Take I, risks. I, you know, Let's go. yeah. I'll, I'll, like, I'll catch you, baby. I'll catch you. <laughs> so I'm trying to create that environment. So then they can, once they've spent time there and just hours there, really, they can then take that and do that with someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the perfect environment. Um, and that's the environment that, you know, you've created in the gym at the moment and a couple of the, the, the guys that train more consistently in Nogi, that's, we're now reaping the benefit of that. We now have a, a, a larger selection of training partners where it's like, yeah, we can play. We can play leg entanglement. Yeah, so there's now a whole bunch of people that you could roll with, and you don't even have to have a conversation. No. As in, oh, you just know that. Okay, well, we're both whatever belt. We're both above blue belt. Yep. So we can, in terms of the gym rules, in little air quotes, we're allowed to play heel hooks and leg reaps and everything. But we don't need to have a con- a conversation about are you good to? Will you look after me? I'll look at. No, because yeah. there's enough of us now and you've got that mutual understanding almost by default that yep. off you go yep. and, you know, you can peel hook each other and yeah. do an Imanari roll or it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, when I went to, uh, I, I've done a couple of sessions at grappling education and consistently uh, I'd say over 50% of the people I rolled with, one of the first things they would ask is like, you know, rolling with a new person, do you have any injuries and do you play legs? Like, so it's 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 a standard sort of thing when you're, when you're, going to a new gym, particularly one like grappling education, they do a lot of leg locks, a lot of um, heel hooks there. So they, they will ask like, is this something you're comfortable with? Uh, I think that's a smart move. Um, obviously if it's training partners that you're training with consistently, you don't need to have that conversation like you mentioned, but um, yeah, it is, it is, it's not assumed. You would never go to a new gym and go, you cool with triangles, you cool yeah, with rear naked yeah, chokes, yeah, yeah. but for leg entanglements, because so many things can go wrong when you don't understand the yeah. position. I think it's not even a fact of that, oh, it's newer than, you know, upper body stuff. It's also just, you know, even in a decade, would people still be asking that? Yeah, I maybe, so, yeah. yeah, because it's just, like so. you said, so many more things can go wrong mm. and it's just more dangerous as a, more dangerous because there's less room for error. And you don't feel it. Like there's some people- But I can drill heel hooks and be tapping before it's on, just drilling it with a partner yeah. and I'll have sore knees the next day. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here as someone who's had two knee surgeries and currently yeah. with a uh, my knee strapped due yeah. to another injury. So I'm probably not the best. But actually- I'm the I, same, man. I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. I remember even a young fit dude, I remember- uh, can't remember. It was when Levi and I were training together and he was purple or brown belt maybe. I think it was brown belt. 
and he just went down to absolute MMA for X amount of time just to do some training down there. And he came back and man, he had a brace on his knee for weeks, like just from, just from drilling him. No, maybe he wasn't down. I think he just went down for a week or something. And just from training and drilling heel hooks and stuff. And he came back to training. I was like, what happened? Did you get like caught in one? He was like, nah, just from drilling. He's like, my knee's really sore. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude, there's a lot of things. You don't feel it. Yeah. You know, it's different from like an elbow because the room from like pain versus snap is so, so much smaller than your elbow. Like the pain you're going to feel in an arm bar before it snaps. It's a lot earlier. It's also just the mechanics of how the submission works. Mm. You know, an arm bar, you're, you're, or a Kimura or whatever, you're putting a joint in its correct orientation. Like you're putting it in its uh, vector that it's designed to work in anyway, yep. but you're just taking it past it. the limit. Yes. Whereas in heel hooks, you're you're applying leverage on a vector for a joint that's not designed to move at all mm. in that vector. Mm. It's in so any pressure, any any uh, leverage force that you put into that that joint. Once you've gone past zero and you're at one, and you know, if it's on a scale zero to a hundred, once you're at one, you're already in moving zone, in yeah. the wrong direction, yeah. you know, whereas, yeah, an armbar or a Kimura, well, the shoulder's designed to rotate that way, mm-hmm. just not that far that yeah. way, you know, an elbow's designed to bend that way, Everyone's just different. not that far, you know. Like if you get someone in a Kimura, someone with very flexible shoulders, you know, they're going to be able to hold it a lot longer or fight it a lot longer before they tap. You know, man, yeah. But with a I mean, hook, I actually bro. saw last night at training, you were rolling with Joel, mm-hmm. and Joel's uh, known for having, he's got crazy, not double jointed shoulders, but very mobile shoulders. Man, I watched you Kimura him, and only because I knew it was Joel. Like, if it was anyone else, I, 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 I would have yeah. been screaming, dude, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it was, doing? it was so far pushed. Like, yeah. it was almost his hand had almost gone behind his head back yeah. to scratch his forehead. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, but I, because I know it's Joel, like, it he's was not, fine. He's not going to give me the tap unless I, I no, take he, him there. Yeah. You know? Like, and it's not like it injured him. Yeah. He's just got crazy flexible shoulders, yeah. you know, and I remember looking at it and I was like, oh, man, that's. So like, I mean, if it was anyone else, you would you go that, you would go, that's broken. Yeah. yeah you know, right. but for Joel, it was like, it was like, oh, nice. You even got it on me. Cause yeah. typically he, he's very hard to catch in those, those positions due to the, the hyperextension. But he's, he's also stubborn. He's not going to fucking tap unless no, you, that, you make him tap. That's like, right. That's he right. Will, you know, he, <laughs> even if he's like, he's gone with a Kimura, a lot of the time I'll take it like less than half of that range and then just sit there, not let them like, like defend it, like not let them catch the hand and just wait for them to tap. I won't even take it to that range. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, it's over. Like just tap. You don't yeah, want I did that in a comp once. I don't know if I've mentioned this really on the podcast. I had someone in that typical North South Camora mm-hmm. and I had him, it was at blue belt in Brazil and I had it pretty far extended and I was applying it more kind of the way I would in training as in, yeah. I was being very careful with the guy but I remember kind of stopping yep. at what for me was pretty max. I was like, and I remember saying to myself, bro, what are you doing? Just, Just tap, 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 man. Yeah, and he on. didn't, like I gave him so much time to tap and he didn't tap. So I was like, all right. So I went further and really slowly went yeah. further. It's not like I then just went hoorah and like yeah. super saying it, but I just went further and man, his elbow just, even though Kimura is a shoulder lock, his elbow just went and just like was gone. Why? And I was like, oh dude. That's so silly. Anything with joints, man, you don't want to, 
you don't want to play the game. But I won, so it was worth it. Of course. Uh, yeah. Well, it was funny because then he uh, – yeah. I, I don't know if it was that comp or a later comp where we fought again, but he gave me a lift home. This guy, <laughs> Marcelo was his name. Uh, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Rip a guy's elbow apart, get a lift home. <laughs> he drives you home. But, yeah, anyway, so a couple of very, very basic details, things that you can – it won't take some time to become autonomous, but you can instantly implement this to already reduce the amount of times you're getting heel hooked, right? Number one, point your toes. Ballerina toes. Ballerina feet. Mm. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. This is quite funny though because it can be detrimental to getting foot locked, like straight foot locked. Mm. Some, you know, pointing your toe can- Give it to them. Give it to them. Yeah, but- You've got to make that decision in the in the time, like in the moment where you are, what's the leg entanglement, what sort of position is going on, what are they attacking specifically. But as a whole, pointing your toes makes the profile of your heel smaller. Mm. Right? So it makes it harder for someone to, to, to dig your heel. When someone heel hooks you, they want your foot flexed, mm-hmm. right? Which gives them a big heel to bite onto. Not only does it give them a big heel, but it gives them that sort of right angle L shape in the foot because they need the the toes or the ball of your foot, not like, yeah, essentially in the armpit more or less, right? Not necessarily all the way up under the armpit. They want that dorsiflexion. And a lot of the way that you teach it is to, when you dig the, the foot, is to drag your elbow toward to, the middle of your back yeah. to, to dorsiflex the, the foot. So yeah, you're exactly. giving that to them. You know, yeah, so if you're yeah, exactly. So if your foot's already flexed and your toe's not pointed, mm. you're you're aiding in that. And that sounds simple enough, but like I said, it can help them with a straight foot lock if you just go around pointing your toes. Mm. And it's also not supernatural because like what if someone tries to sit on a heel hook from try when they're passing you, you you're not just on your back with your toes pointed. You, yeah, you're like you know, you're planning or your like foot. that really bad um, single leg X uh, heel hook that went around from yeah. the first IBJJF comp that allowed heel hooks, and the guy just freaking rips, it. rips yeah. it. Yeah, so oh. a position like that, or or something, you know, your feet are often flexed because they're pushing on things and mm. what. So you can't just sit around with pointed toes, but pointing your toes makes your heel smaller. The second thing that you can quickly implement, let's now just say you're in the leg entanglement. So you both got your butts on the ground and whatever. The leg that's being attacked, you always want your heel facing the ribs. So again, seems really obvious and basic, but beginners don't have this automation yet. Mm. So let's say, you know, maybe you're in, you're caught in their outside ashy or something. You want your your heel facing their ribs, but then they might they might push your leg over to the other side of their torso to turn to it 50, into 50-50. Yep. All of a sudden, your heel is now facing the outside of their ribs. You've got to turn it back right? the other so way. So you've got to turn yep. it the other way. You always want your heel touching their ribs, mm. right? That's an indication that you're hiding your heel. Mm. Right, you never want you don't want your toes touching their ribs. You want your heel touching their ribs. Could you tuck it like down under their glute? Do you do you like that position where they like tuck it in under the butt to hide your heel? From where though? Well, either either position like same position we're talking like maybe you're in fifty fifty, but uh, they initiated so they got the jump on you. Do you do you ever like turn it in so it's facing the rib, but then like jam it down and under them? 
I don't see how you get it under their butt. Not necessarily under their butt, but like wedged up against it. Like, yeah, like tucked like all the way, almost as if it is in it's like behind under them. the small of their back yeah. behind them. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, of, you run into other problems that if they roll through or yeah, whatever, and, it re-exposes yeah, yeah, your heel. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not, we're keeping it super simple, you know. Are we? That, <laughs> I'm trying because it's all I know. <laughs> so, we're, you know, that's a, a very basic uh, positional change that you that you want to start making because the leg changes which side it's on and as you sort of invert and entangle and whatever you can you know you go from it. not realizing that your heel is gone from touching them mm-hmm. to not and being on the other side and dangling and free and not your toes aren't pointed and they and they just dig it mm-hmm. right so having your foot pointed and your heel facing the correct way which is touching them that makes your heel already much harder to to find, to dig. The third one, and maybe kind of the most important one, sort of is just not ending up in the leg entanglement. And that's, you know, okay, cool, right, done. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but being in a leg entanglement is all about the knee line and if their legs are above your knee, as in they've got control from your knee up towards your quad and hip. Danger zone, you're, baby. Yeah, you're in danger. And you'd be surprised if you go for a, a roll with someone. Let's say you're rolling with Anthony, right? We mentioned Anthony being a good partner who knows heel hooks and whatever. And if I said to you guys separately, without each of you knowing, and I said, Kieran, bro, I want you to heel hook Anthony. Like, oh, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you heel hook Anthony, whatever. And then I go over to Anthony and I say, man, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you just don't get caught in a leg entanglement and just like don't even, if you can go the whole roll without Kieran even catching your knee line, right? You'd be surprised how hard it is to mm-hmm. even get to a leg entanglement entry. Mm-hmm. If, if someone is super adamant of just, you know, think if – the knee line is the same as the elbow line for an armbar, pretty much. You know, if someone's trying to armbar you, but they're not tight and you can like pull your elbow out, they lose the armbar, right? They can't armbar you if they've just got your forearm in hand. Heel hooks are a little different. You can still create a huge amount of torque and tension without the knee line, but in general, you can be gone, you know? So watch that. Next time you roll with someone, think about it. Like try to spend the whole roll clearing your knee line and you'll be surprised how hard it is for them to even get to the leg entanglement. That's why, I mean, we take for granted that we watch guys like Gordon Ryan and Craig make it look so easy to get to a leg entanglement and finish someone. And man, it's not, Hey, you know, these guys make it look easy, but it's really not. I mean, and they do it against other professional fighters. Craig said in training that in his training, he almost doesn't heel hook anyone because all these training partners are really good at heel hooks and the leg game and stuff. And you won't even get to a leg entanglement because people just instantly clear their knee line. So interesting that that's how we're seeing professional jujitsu develop. Like we're not seeing as many leg entanglements and heel hooks lately in, you know, in, in the no gi scene because everyone's so switched on with, with the leg entanglement game. We're seeing a lot of like, you know, front headlocks and, and and that style of like countering pressure passing. Cause think about it. Like you said, if, if I went into a role with Anthony and, you know, regardless of who, who's not, if, if I was trying to never let him get my knee line and which is generally how we roll, I would go pressure. 
I'd go head first. Because yeah, it keeps your feet away. Exactly. But what that's doing is it's offering a, another opportunity for him to attack my neck and, and my upper body now. And that's what we're seeing in, in no gi. Yeah, and it's front going, headlocks. Yeah, They're front headlocks, now. shoulder clamps. Um, and why is that the cutting case? Cutting arm bars, you know, burrato platters, tachyo platters, 100%. all those sorts of things because they're the risks that come with – I mean, I talk about this when I – whether I'm teaching guard retention or passing, just concepts around passing and, and guard. But, you know, you could kind of say there's two uh, two ways, I guess, you can pass guard, which is either feet first or or shoulders first, right? Like you either step in and like maybe you step into their Delaheva and you're doing leg drags, knee cuts or whatever, or you go – and so the benefits of that are that it's very hard to triangle you, loop choke you. Kamori you. Kamori you, all those things. Cross collar choke you or guillotine you or whatever. The negative is that your legs are there. You can be bolo'd, you can be put into X guard, you can be leg entangled. Or you can pass chest forward, over-unders, stack passes, body lock passes. You know, the pro of that is that typically your feet are far away. It's very hard for people to get in underneath you and leg entangle you and whatever. The con triangles. is that, yeah, what is accessible? Well, your neck and shoulders yeah. and arms. So, yeah, triangles, kimuras, guillotines, loop chokes, uh, all those sorts of things. you got a fat-ass neck like me. It's not a problem. It's mate. not a problem at all. tuck and push. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, so that's it. I mean, <laughs> tuck and push. Yeah, <laughs> you should get that tattoo. That's my that's my jits. <laughs> so it yeah, the, the jujitsu as a sport is evolving. It always evolves like that. You know, people are all raving Counters, about body lock yeah. passing, and yeah. it's like, man, okay, peep, it's maybe a bit more technical now than it was, and then, but it's not anything new. Yeah, I mean, people were doing that. Before it's just come back. I mean, essentially, people are using body lock to get to half guard and then do a half guard pass. That's you exactly know, what and, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, like that is 1990s jujitsu. Like, really? Well, as in, like it was like close guard, half guard, side control. Right. You know, that, like you're talking that progression. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like, yeah, being heavy pressure, half guard pass. It's like, well, it's just come back, but with a more modern, you know, flair to it, if you will. Uh, but anyway, a little, little off topic. If you just think about clearing your knee line, even if you get in the leg entanglement, just fucking bail. And what I mean by bail is I teach it with my nail analogy is the perfect way to think about it, okay? Your leg that they're attacking is a nail, right? Right. You with me? What type of nail? Like a fingernail? No, like a nail you hammer in with a hammer. Okay. I'm with you. You went fingernail straight away? Yeah, bro, because you were like indicating your fingers. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> a nail like that you use with a hammer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your leg that they're attacking is a nail. My leg's the nail. Yep. And their legs are the, the piece of wood, oh. right, that, that your leg has been, that your, the nail's been nailed through. A lot of the time when it comes to clearing the knee line in leg entanglements or controlling the knee line for leg entanglements, it's not about like squeezing. Like people go, oh man, I'm squeezing my thighs together, but they still keep it. I still keep losing the knee line. It's not about that. It's about having the leg that's being attacked bent. So if I'm attacking your legs and I get you in 50-50 or the saddle or something, 
I want your leg to essentially have come through mine, but then be, you know, like you nail a nail through a bit of wood and then you bend it over, mm-hmm. right? So the nail's then a hook, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I want your, your leg to be when I have it in my leg entanglement. I want your leg to be bent. So then I don't even really have to squeeze my knees together. If you try to clear your knee line by running away, you can't because your leg's hooked in behind my, my own legs. They have to straighten their leg. Yeah. So you want your, your nail, your leg to be straight so you can just pull it out, mm. all right? So even if you start getting caught in a leg entanglement, just think, fuck man, straight leg, point my toes and like bail, like yeah. pull the nail out. Obviously there's always, I don't want to say there's always risks involved, but that doesn't mean walk around with your knees locked out <laughs> with straight legs. Obviously knee bars still exist. So if you straighten your leg at the wrong time, that's no good. But as a whole, if you want to pull the nail out of a bit of wood and the nail's bent over, it's not going to come out, is it? Straight you, the nail, bro. You need the nail straight so it can come out. Yeah, and kick with the other nail. Yeah, and then get the other nail and push on their butt to yeah. clear the first nail. Yeah. And the other nail is your, your other leg. That's right. Yeah. And you, you use it to free your other nail. But what type of nail? Fingernail? Fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> so Toenails. Toenails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny. In Portuguese, the word for, um, for fingers, right? Like in Portuguese – You've got fingers, but then your toes, there's no word for toes. It's like called <laughs> uh, fing- it's You say act- foot fingers? I swear to God. It is. It's foot fingers. Or the direct <laughs> translation would be fingers of the feet, <laughs> right? Would be if you translated it. Well, they're not wrong. Right? Like, yeah, <laughs> because you've got de- dedos is finger and pair is foot. So, so dedos is fingers and like – and toes are called dedos de pair, <laughs> fingers of the feet. Oh, right? that's awesome. Yeah. It's so, it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny if you meet a Brazilian who's like just learning English and they stub their toe and they're like, ah, my foot finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, they're not wrong. Yeah, right? You would yeah. know exactly what they're talking yeah. about. It works. Anyway, so point your foot fingers. <laughs> <laughs> point, point those bitches and yeah. pull. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, you don't want to just – hyperextend your knee and get knee barred or something. But yeah, if you think about it like that, if your legs bent and you try run, like think about backside 50, 50, Mm. that's why it can be actually quite tricky to get out of because if you're in backside 50, 50, your leg is typically really bent. Mm. You can't run away because your calf is hitting into their quad, right? Or it doesn't matter, but your, your bent leg is hitting into their leg. It, It doesn't come out, right? Even if they're not necessarily squeezing their knees together very hard. So, uh, you know, I think clearing your knee line is like you kind of, depending on the leg entanglement, like you, you don't even want to be there. Okay, 50-50, as the name suggests, it's even for both of us because it's 50-50. So it's going to depend who's better and you might have made the educated decision or you might have just – have faith in your ability and go, man, I'm going, uh, you know, I'm way better at leg locks than this guy. So I'm more than happy to be in 50, 50 cause I'm going to heel hook him. And that's all well and good and cool. You might choose not to clear the knee line, but something like the saddle. Ooh. And if I'm in the saddle, got to get out. Yeah. My opinion of that is pretty much, I may as well be in a triangle. 
I'm in the submission, even though you don't have my heel yet, my frame of mind is, you know, it's like I'm in the triangle, but you don't have my arm across yet. Yeah. You know, it's not on yet, but I'm in the position of a triangle. Yeah. Like if I'm in someone's saddle, I'm thinking I'm in the position of a heel hook. It's not on yet, but I got to get out. Because you have no attacking opportunity. It's like very, very limited. So I would instantly be doing everything to clear my knee line. I'd be, yeah, pointing my toes, making sure my heel's facing the right way, trying mm. to straighten my leg without giving a knee bar and get the hell out of straighten dodge, the nail. right? Mm. Something like 50-50, yeah, it's 50-50, but you've also got to think, well, often the arrival is not 50-50. So if mm. I'm the one who did the K-guard to backside 50-50 entry, we're going to get to 50-50, but typically I got there first, you know? So maybe you manage to save face, but, uh, you know, maybe it starts out 60-40. It's, yeah, it's exactly. not a complete write-off for you, yeah. but chances are – like we're arriving there and I get there first because well, I'm sense. the one who entered initiated. Into the, like yeah. if in that K-guard example, you've hit K-guard, you've gone for backside 50-50, you've dug the heel by the time they A lot they of the time, around, you exactly. have the heel in 50-50. By the time you've spun around and landed in 50-50, I already have, have a bite. Exactly. So you need to like slip your heel and everything. And then get just a bite get, back. Yeah, and you know. Mate. So- so you teach to just fucking bolt, straighten your leg and bolt from yeah, that position. Yeah, so for me, I teach, you know, that- you might be wanting to go to 50 50 because you're better at heel hooks than them. But, that's not but are you, are you, yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the entry shouldn't be let them do K guard backside 50 50 to get to 50 50 because, yeah, you might be better than them, but are you, you know, are you, I'm a black belt, they're a white belt better than them that mm. you're not going to get punished for <laughs> that being your way to 50 50, mm. right? If you're against someone your level, I would argue that that's not how you want to get to 50-50. Don't let them do that entry. Just instantly clear knee line, you know, straight leg, toes pointed, heel facing the right way, get out of there. And you'd be surprised how hard it is to get leg entries against someone who is just adamant about not – like they do whatever is possible. They might give you a sweep or something, but that's also not – I mean, if you're their attacking person, don't write that off. I've rolled with heaps of people who just refuse to let me get to a leg entanglement. Just like they will do anything but. And as a result, they often give their back or give a sweep or whatever. And yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, they can walk away thinking they won because, oh, he didn't heel hook me. Yeah, whatever, bro. I like choked you out, choked you out like seven times, you know, but you know, and as the defender, it's not always the worst thing. If my option is getting heel hooked or conceding a sweep, fucking concede the sweep because I'm still in it then. Mm. But if I let you heel hook me, it's over. Mm. 100%. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But they would be, if I, if I were to summarize it, uh, you know, whenever we do one of these episodes where it's kind of trying to give some, some tangible advice, I like to just, for the people who have hung around and probably it's not like you were taking notes because – People are usually listening to podcasts while they're driving or working or whatever. But to summarize it, they would be, let's say the four things, mm -hmm. right? Yes, you want to be able to create a safe, immersive environment with a trusted partner so you can just spend time in – in that environment, like getting in the ocean, but with a life jacket on, like you just want to get used to being in the water and getting wet and everything until that jack life jacket can come off. We need to create that safe, immersive environment, right? But then what are some basic beginner mistakes that you probably don't have autonomous yet, right? 
is having your heel face the right way, right? You, you want to make sure that your heel is, is pointing and touching them, right? Shit. What was the other one? Point your toes. Sorry, yes, point point your toes. toes. Sorry. And the heel direction. Heel direction. And sorry, I kind of combined them in Mm. my mind. Yeah, so pointing your toes. Was first, yeah. Was first, right? Be aware that that might give the straight foot lock. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'll take that over a heel hook. Pointing your toes, heel facing the correct way, always facing them, and clearing your knee line. Understanding that if your leg's bent, it's very hard to clear it. You want your legs straight, like a doornail, not like a fingernail. Don't give a knee bar, okay? Immersive environment, toes pointed, heel facing the right way, clear the knee line by having a pull in the nail out. Pull the nail. And I think those four things, if you can get that going, you're not only going to get heel hooked a whole lot less, you're going to feel much more comfortable in those positions and, you know, that should translate into you starting to heel hook other people. And not getting heel hooked. And not getting heel hooked. Excellent. Um, or we got to we got to mention briefly before we sign off this episode. Uh, <laughs> or you could get toe holded like that poor dude rolling with Craig. Yeah. So for those that don't know what we're talking about, on Craig Jones on his Instagram, he shared a video from the the seminar as of the recording of this uh, podcast. He's doing it with Lachlan Giles in Belgium, and this guy got uh, toe hold by Craig, and the sound that his ankle made when it tour my god it was i've watched it probably 20 times and every time it makes me like queasy yeah it was just snap 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 obviously this guy had something wrong with his ankle yeah because man i it's when i first watched that the the reel or video or whatever the position was 50 50 and the guy kept his 50 50 locked and like spun over the top as if to roll back through to backside 50-50 to mm-hmm. expose Craig's heel. Uh, but as he did it on the free leg, the leg that the guy didn't have in 50-50, mm-hmm. Craig did a, did a toe hold on it. And that is a tight position for a toe hold because typically toe holds, the thing that sucks about them is people often can just keep rolling out of them. It's kind of similar to an outside heel hook in that sense. But – because you're in 50-50, you're locked in, you can't roll out. But it wasn't like I didn't it he didn't gentle, seem man. like Craig cranked it. No, like I and, and when I first controlled. watched it, I didn't watch it with sound. Yeah. So so I watched it and I just thought, oh, that guy tapped a bit early, but yeah, whatever, they're just having a flow roll. Yeah. And I didn't think much of it. It wasn't until someone sent it to me later and was like, No, watch it with sound. And yeah. I was like, Oh shit. But I didn't it almost seems fake. It's that like Yeah, the sound I, is I mean that it brutal. wasn't I'm sure it was super tight, yeah. but I wouldn't have expected a a big like like I said when I watched it without sound, I thought that guy tapped early. Mm. You know, I didn't even think it was on then. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, there's a toe hold. He but barely had his hands connected when it was like gone. It just popped. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Hope he's okay. Yeah. Check that video out if you uh if you want to feel a bit queasy. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's not that gross. You don't oh. see any. I didn't find it that gross. I don't know the sound. It's a sound. Should I for play me. the sound? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's it's a sound for me, bro. It's uh that that does it for me. But anyway, watch the video. It's it's funny. Anyway, so uh-huh. as long as you're not getting heel hooked, you can get caught in toe holds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Is that the moral of the story? <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for listening to episode eighty-four. Why is everyone heel hooking me? Well, hopefully 
no more. Maybe next episode will be Why Can't I Heal Look Anyone. Until then. Bye.